And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. Ojima, or Jim as he's called, is an Anishinaabe runner and knowledge keeper. He is chief of Foothills Ojibwe on Turtle Island. Hidden and protected from the colonized world in his youth, even in his childhood, Jim has lived a life and a legacy of service to his people and to Creator. He holds and preserves sacred knowledge that has been passed down for generations. It is this indigenous knowledge that must be protected for the safety of his people and the preservation of their culture. In addition to being chief of Foothills Ojibwe on Turtle Island, you, Jim, are an Anishinaabe knowledge keeper. For those unaware of what a knowledge keeper is, what is it? Okay, uh, there's two things there that in your question. One is uh, being a hereditary leader of the Puerto Ojibwe First Nation. And again, a totally different language in, in, in my language. But I'm trying to use the English language to explain what is a leader, a hereditary leader, and also the Anishinaabe. The Anishinaabe is the, uh, the language of how we describe ourselves in a language. It's the first people of the Turtle Island. And the first people were put here in Turtle Island, which is where we are. And today they call it Canada. But back in the, in the days, long time ago, when, when our people were put placed in this part of the world, this part of, of the Turtle Island, we are known as the Yanishinaabe people, which is where the Creator or God, whatever his name is, the um put us in this part of the world, the world and you know, Ojibwe uh, people always lived in this part of the world and know the, uh, the Turtle Island because there was clans, which is where the hereditary leadership began. The Creator gave us a responsibility to take care of the land, if the land took care of us for thousands of years. And before even European contact, we always maintain and look after the land because it looked after us. That's the Anishinaabe responsibility is to take care of the land and to work with the land 
to work with others uh, might be in in the third island. So, long time ago, to be a leader, you need to understand about the environment. You need to understand about God, spiritual creation of all things. Because that's part of the, the to be a leader. You need to be able to lead the people in, in a good way. And in a spiritual way, according to the Creator Himself. So the Anishinaabe, the word itself, the Anishinaabe, is people that were selected in this part of Turtle Island to to lead the clan, the people of, of this part of the world, according to the spiritual guidance of natural order of instructions from God Himself. So this is why the Anishinaabe people of the the Ojibwe, what they call for the House Ojibwe, is protecting, protecting that, that leadership. The leadership, which is contains the hereditary spiritual leadership. And that leadership it contains the education structure. And what I mean the education structure is to understand about the world, to understand the environment, to understand the spiritual, to understand the people, which is the human. And this is what to be a leader of Pretty Ojibwe First Nation has maintained and all these years our people maintain that. So that's how much I can explain my role of being the hereditary leader a spiritual leader, not only being a leader, it's about understanding the spiritual ties and the spiritual responsibility of the environment and the land. And we ran with that. This is what we had before my people, there is my ancestors that maintained this connection and the natural order of, of that guidance. 
and not just I'm just explaining what I read Terry leadership of Cordell's Ojibwe. So I have hitmen. I'm a leader, I'm the the Ojibwe leader, but I have also four hitmen. What the hitmen is, they're the spiritual advisors to me. And those spiritual advisors, they know all the constellations, what the Creator has written. They know about everything that's connected to the environment and what it does and how we must work with that. And those are the four headmen that I have. A lot of responsibility for them. And and that's what our leadership is based on. The spiritual ties to to this part of the world, this part of the third island. Mm-hmm. And not just a little bit, a little piece. I'm saying you're question about leadership. Thank you so much for for that explanation. Um, n- now that we understand that, in addition to being a knowledge keeper, you, you are also a runner. And for those who are unfamiliar yeah. with that, I have a couple of questions um, to explain what that means, but how long did you have to run, Jim, and why? Was it necessary to do so? We ran because before we weren't running from anything. Before we were just living as humans, as people, this part of the world, this part of at Turk Island. So, around, around 1494, something happened with our people. Not only us, but other people in this, what we call Turk Island. Something happened what happened was somebody decided that that we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, exist here in island, Tour Island. So they start taking people different parts of this world from Turtle Island and those people never came back so what happened not long after long, not long after that our people they were beginning to destroy destroyed our people more like killing them. 
want to get rid of those people that were here because they didn't believe in what they believed from other country. See, we had our own belief. We had our own ways worshiping the same God that anybody that worships in this world. As too we had ways to, to worship God. And we still do that today. But our people, some people were, were massacred, women and children. Round 1494, destroying our communities, our camps. So, where we fled from in round Minnesota, today now it's known as Minnesota, but back then in, in our language, it was called Minnesota. Not far from there, they call it Chicago. Today is known as Chicago. And some people came from, in Cree, in Cree language, they call it Mississippi. Today is known as Mississippi. So anyway, one of our, my great-great-grandfathers have my, in my ancestry, told his son to take the bundles, which is my great-grandfather, great-great-great-grandfather, his name was Wapasin, that means white rock. Wapasin told his son to run with the bundles, the ceremonial bundles, which is the archive that we still have today. His son, his name was Takam Skam, Takams come in our language is who cuts through the cross. Like, like somebody cutting through cross of the cross of the land. That's what that means. But anyway, he took off to protect those bundles. I don't know what happened to my great-great-grandfather, but he's buried down there somewhere by Minnesota. So Takamskam took off. Then again, something happened. What they call the black ropes. Caught up with him. So this time he sent his son, which is, his name was Kimosa Pe. 
qui mange à paix. Amen. Who peeks around? The lookout, I guess, that looks out for people. Qui mange à paix. That looks out for people. That was his name. That was Sakamskam's son. So he took off to protect the bundles going towards north at that time now. He almost made it to what we call Mantominus in our language. Today now it's, it's known as Mount, um, um, Manitoulin Island in Ontario. That's today. But back then it was it was just land. There was no there was no Alberta, there was no Ontario, there was no United States. It was just Turtle Island. So had a son that he took to pull the Tato's bundles again. But just now his name was Abyssatim. And that means a spiritual little horse. That was his name. And he made it to Manitoulin Island today, what they call Mantominus. Then from there, the black ropes caught up with them again, forcing them to burn their bundles, their ceremonial objects. Then, from there, he took off, coming west. On the way, he, um, he told his son to take those bundles that he's going to stall the, um, the black ropes. And his son was In our language, we call it Puniat. Today is known as uh, Chief Pontiac. That was a Pisatim spirit horse, his son. Chief Pontiac was a Treaty of Niagara Falls. Of 1763 and 64. And around the time when King George came to reaffirm that 1613 uh, peace treaty with the Honosoni and the Dutch. So that's what happened there at the, at the time. 
And um, the um, our people were at the Treaty of Niagara Falls at 1763 and 64. One of my great grandfathers was Chief Pontiac. So anyway, it's about the spiritual ways of protecting our believed structure that has been here since the time of a memorial. That's why we protected it. And people were getting destroyed. And that's about the time, probably around, but our people were part of that, the peace and friendship treaty, a treaty of Niagara Falls, 1763 and 64. But our people weren't recognized as human beings. They weren't human. Back then. So, there's a lot of things our people ran from. They ran because they want, first of all, they want to protect their, their, their ceremonial objects and what they've always believed in. Back then, That's um, that's a good reason to run. Um, you know, when when people hear the word genocide, they think of lives physically taken, and in while that is a horrific part of it, there is also cultural genocide in the form, for example, of colonization. In the past, more often than not, indigenous people have not, to your point, to what you just spoke about, have not been recognized or respected as they deserve to be. Human rights in history, time and time again, have been denied. So my question now is, today, are things better or worse? I guess, from your personal experience, are the Anishinaabe people fairly acknowledged? Or is there still a lot of work to be done? Going back to cross running in running from all the things that happen. People being hunted and people getting them sicknesses like smallpox and all that stuff. And the government didn't want to recognize us as human beings. And that goes back to 
to the time when my office in like 1494, when, when he wasn't recognized as a human being. Fast forward to 2014, the government still stuck in, in, that, in those years, 1492, 93, 94. Today, the Anishinaabe people are still not rec being recognized as human beings. Not only Anishinaabe people, but all people of this third island. That's why all the systemic racism that's happening, and that's why the way the government doesn't even recognize us in our homeland, even though we 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 signed that peace and friendship treaty agreement to coexist and, and to live on this land together and to enjoy what we enjoyed before European contact. We're still there. We're still back in 1492 and 93 because the Anishinaabe people are not being recognized here in Canada in their homeland. See, we can prove that we are actually from here because God has written a lot of symbols. Not only, not only the constellations, we didn't write those, he did. A lot of things that are written about us on the land. So if you Google Cypress Hills, you're going to see an Indian face on those hills. And if you, if you look those mountains, you're going to see Indian faces. That's God's writing. And our constellations the same way. So the government refused what he called, what he says is, our people, especially for those Ojibwe First Nations, they're not recognized in their homeland. The government says, we don't recognize you. That means we're not recognized as human beings. So it's, it's not better. It's actually worse. At least we're not being hunted now, but what I mean worse is somebody that you recognize yourself and welcome them to your homeland and for that visitor to turn around and say, hey, we don't recognize you now on your homeland. We don't recognize you as, as a people or as a nation or as humans. Today, we hear all these kids being found that means they were forced to to a school. They were supposed to go learn about good things, but we're, we're sharing. And this was forced from the government. Some people were hanged in 1885 because they refused what they called surrender on their homeland, even though they shared this land. So, today, for the Ojibwe, for the government, the government doesn't recognize us in our homeland. The government still stuck in 1492 and 
was still not recognized as as peoples in our homeland. But it's very sad. Somebody that that came from another country to come and decide, oh, we don't recognize those people in their homeland as human beings. So I don't know where the human rights is for first people in their homelands. I wonder if that's happening in other parts of this world. I wonder if that's happening in Europe. I wonder if that's happening in France. I wonder if that's happening in New Zealand. But this is only in Canada. That's still happening. It is where we're at today as we speak. And, um, it is sad. It is, it is beyond sad. Um, there's, there's no doubt that in this world today, there are many changes that need to happen. And everyone knows it. Everyone would agree with this. But I think what nobody knows for sure is this. What is the most important change we need right now? I think the important change needs to happen. It begins from us acknowledging each other the way God intended to be the way for us to to take care of each other as families, as brothers and sisters, and to look at each other as human beings. And that's what began in when the Dutch landed here in this turtle island. It was our people the Haudenosaunees that were there to welcome them to this island. They knew they must welcome them and take care of them, look after them to the land that they know know nothing about. But the Haudenosaunees knew about this land, about this turtle island. So they began to help them to live, to eat, even provided some clothing, even gave them a shelter. Start teaching them about the land that they came to. And later on, they made that peace and friendship treaty back in 1613. See, the Haudenosaunee recognized them as people, as humans. 
they were here already because God said you respect my creation you respect others so back then already we already knew that we must share this land that's called Turtle Island so they can have what we had here. Today you see wherever you go on this turtle island there's wealth, there's land, there's food, there's things to enjoy life. So back in 1763 and 64 when King George came in reinstate peace and friendship treaty back in 1613. My great-grandfather was really instrumental to be part of that treaty, peace and friendship treaty. My great-grandfather said these are people that we must look after and take care of they are human beings that have children and family. So when King George made that reaffirming the peace, the peace and friendship treaty back in 1613 of this so-called Canada today, a treaty of Niagara Falls, it was about families. The family that's in Europe and I'm so I'm sorry and I my condolences to the to the Queen and her family because that's the one that we made treaties with her family. Today the royal family is still in Europe because of our people, because of Chief Pontiac and other leaders, military leaders that were here, recognizing that family as human beings, as families. So they made that peace and friendship treaty, which is international peace and friendship treaty of this island of ours, that's so-called Canada today. So what happened since then the government doesn't want to recognize some of these people that are part of this island. But we recognize anybody that comes from anywhere in this world, such as the Haudenosaunees and the, and the Dutch. The Haudenosaunees recognize the Dutch as human beings. So they made that treaty. Same thing with King George of 1763 and 64. Out of that, there's a royal proclamation for us to coexist in this land, to take care of each other, and to work together as, as people. So that's why today we still 
we still maintain that. But now the government is saying we don't recognize these people on their homeland. So today, now, the cultural genocide and, and, and again, the, the that happened, we, we, like we couldn't practice our culture for a long time. It was outlawed back in 1885. We weren't allowed to, to even have sweats or to have our, our pipes. Our children were taken away to residential schools so they cannot speak their language anymore. Take away to be who you are. They wanted us to be something else. Today, 2022, we're still not recognized as as human beings, and this is why still today our people are gone missing, missing and murdered women, and nobody cares to do the investigation, even the investigation of what happened with the children. But our own people don't do those things. To go and take away somebody's child and for some reason punish them because they speak the, their language. Today there's a lot of people who want to get their language back but it's very difficult because they already were taught and afraid to speak their language. So, systemic racism, it's still out there. Still people missing and murdered guys are still happening. And for those Ojibwe, here in, in Canada are not being recognized as human beings or as people. So the government would say there is no, because of Columbus we were called Indians, so the government of Canada would say there's no Indians in, in Hinton or Jasper other than First Nations that are being put under the Indian Act. So they're the only ones that the government recognizes. So, nothing much has changed. And that's, that's part of the human rights. It's a human rights issue. Absolutely. It's very sad. It is sad, and and as you say, it, it is. It is human rights. It is. When I asked you just now, what most needs to change for you to say it is recognition of one another to see each other 
as brothers, as sisters, so much in this world, you'll hear people saying, I'm not seen, I didn't feel seen. And when you have a whole culture, a whole people, a whole indigenous people who is not seen, something has to change. It must be seen, it must be respected. What I would like to see is that, first of all, for us to be to be at the table when things are being decided, what's good for us, and to be recognized as people here in Canada to be recognized as human beings here in Canada because it's very important what was intended to be to maintain that see we recognize people that come from different parts of this world to our homeland So, for that, I wanted to see, I just need to see the government to recognize us, not only human beings, but to recognize us as people in the nation of this land. And that's what I've been asking the government, but the government said we exhausted every angle of you guys to be recognized as as a, as, a, as a Chippewa nation in Canada. But I mean, they still don't recognize us as human beings. That's still happening today. I can't. Yeah. I, I, I just, um, I can't thank you enough for sharing everything, everything that you have because people don't know what they don't know until they know and the question then becomes once you know what do you do and I think for I anyone first of, all yeah. that, first of all people should recognize that that we are the people that recognize anybody to our homeland. But as a runner, we ran because we wanted to be put 
in our homeland, the way Creator has intended to be. We want our people coexisted with our brothers and sisters. And we still maintain that today. That's why we ran to protect the archives of what was intended to be, how to coexist and how to share and how to work with one another in this third island. And that's why I keep going back to my great-grandfather, Chief Pontiac. And Chief Pontiac had a Agamasin, I mean Dawson, and Dawson, his son, was Agamasin. And Agamasin, his son, was Jimochis. And Agamasin, I mean Jimochis, his son, was uh, John Ochis. And John Ochis, his son, was Peter Ochis, which is my dad. All these things were handed down, but in my age, I'm 66 years old, I got to see running. I am one of the runners of the bundles to keep everything intact about our own governance and our own leadership. So today, very sad. The government doesn't even want to recognize us as peoples or nation in our homeland. That's all I can say about that. Well, what you've said and what you've shared, I just can't be more thankful for. Um, it's it's a reality that so many are not aware of. It's a reality that um, that should not be as it is, and it is through one story at a time, perhaps, that we get closer to creating the change that needs to happen, the change that needs to come. Now, thank you so much for helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you so much. Ojima. You're welcome. And um, one thing I want to say is uh, I know that historians won't be able to capture this because we weren't allowed to practice our culture and our education. We weren't allowed to, to express about who we are and because of outlawing everything about our education structure of who we are as, as people of, of this land. So we couldn't talk about anything. Just want people to know things were outlawed and we weren't even allowed to access even though if we wanted to talk about ourselves we weren't allowed and the fear tactics that happened and also no legal representation we weren't allowed to get a lawyer for the longest time and I'd like, like what I was 
talking about the, like I said, people have treaties nation to nation for European contact, and that's still going on today. And that's why we made treaties when back in 1613, and also with King George back in 1763 and 64, and still going on today. So now they. Now, today, the government has separated that from the hereditary leaders to the Indian Art Chiefs in, in 1885, outlawing the hereditary leaders. So, thank you. Thanks for um, taking this time to, to talk to me. And I always appreciate when, when you put things out there for for us. It's um, it's more than a pleasure to do so. It is it is quite an honor, and so thank you for sharing your story so that we might share it with others. And we, it is our hope that in this sharing, that needed change does come, and we are here to support um, with your story with your truth. And uh, we hope that the seat at the table that you need, deserve, is made available. And then when at that table, that you are heard and recognized and appreciated as you should be. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are Aware Now.